Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Osiris. Welcome to Wheels Off, a show about the messy reality of the creative life. I'm Rhett Miller. Michaela Ann is an artist with a restless spirit, which I love. I love that. I, the refusal to be satisfied. It's something that I think is um, a hallmark of my favorite kinds of creative people. So she doesn't rest on her laurels. She keeps going. She keeps trying new things. She is a new mom, which is, I know, unrelated to the artistic side of things, except that it's not, right? All of life is interconnected. And it's so great to hear her stories about her new album, which is really, really beautiful. I can't recommend it highly enough. The music is is vulnerable and moving and and beautiful and and still rocking. Oh, to be that free, it's great. But she's got a lot of stuff going on, and I'm excited for you to hear the conversation that we had about her upbringing, her outlook, her new kid, her new record, her plans for the future. It's a lot, which is great. We are releasing this um, to be timed in conjunction with Mother's Day. So to the mothers of the world out there, happy Mother's Day. To those of you with moms that are still around, give your mom a call and tell her you love her. I know I'm going to do that very thing. To all of you, thanks for joining me here on Wheels Off and enjoy this conversation with Michaela Ann. Welcome to Wheels Off, Michaela Ann. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, for the edification of our listeners, from where are you joining us today? I am in Nashville, Tennessee, in my home, in my house. I've yeah. heard of that. Nice. Yeah. I see. Where, where are you? I'm in the Hudson Valley of New York, just north, like 90 <sighs> minutes north of Manhattan. The dream. That's that's my dream, actually. It, it's great. I mean, it's like uh, I'm close to Woodstock. I'm close to Hudson, but we're in this little college town, New Paltz. Oh, yeah, of course. I lived in New York City for a long time, so I was um, semi familiar with with the Hudson Valley and, and upstate a little bit. So that's always my husband and I through the pandemic where we're like, should we just move back to New York? But in the Hudson Valley, Ultimately, we decided to build a recording studio and stay here in Nashville, but we dream of where you live. <laughs> it's so funny. We keep thinking because we're close to being empty nesters and mm -hmm. uh, two years away. And we keep thinking like, well, where would we go? And I'm like, this is kind of where you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, it's so beautiful. So. But I do love Nashville. And how long have y'all been there? We've been here since 2014 so wow. whatever that math is eight years isn't that weird it probably seems very recent it feels like i just moved here in a lot of ways especially i think probably because the last couple of years 
like I don't interact with the city that much because I just haven't been going out and about the way that I used to. Um, so, you know, the time, time warp is a real thing now <laughs> with the, with the pandemic of like adding just like two years onto everything. So, and you have yeah. a, a 10 month old daughter. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So that also changes how much you're interacting with this <laughs> outside of your home life. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I wonder what creative project are you working on at the moment and how does it light you up? Um, so I'm actually working on some children's books right <gasps> now. Yeah. Um, which has been very exciting. Um, I've had like for over a decade, I've dreamt of writing children's books and I have all these ideas and, and I always was like, ah, I would talk about it incessantly. And I'd be like, I'm not going to do that until I have a baby of my own. And then I'm reading them, reading children's books. Um, so that's what I'm actually working on now. And it's been really nice to be like focused on a different creative project. Um, that's not songs, but it's act, the, the books I'm currently working on is actually kind of converting some songs into children's books, um, which is also a unique challenge of like how to read a children's book from song lyrics. Like I'm, I can't just like, you know, copy and paste. Um, so that, that has been really, that's fun. That's my, my main creative project right now. And a lot of long form writing, kind of essay writing, which I'm also really enjoying as well. And I love that. That's uh, I love the unexpected answer when an artist refuses to stay in their lane. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you find it difficult to be creative when you're promoting a new album, which by the way, congratulations. Thank you. Um, I do when I uh, I do. I typically do. This record has kind of, I feel like in, in my experience, every record kind of is a very long process from start to finish to release. Um, and this one has been especially long. So, you know, it's, I finished recording this in like January of 2021. Um, and now it's going to be released like a year and a half later. Uh, so I'm, I've been living with this for a long time. So I'm, I'm, like kind of now past the point where I feel like dried up and I'm like starting to get some creative energy again. Um, so yeah, like I wrote a song yesterday for the first time in probably a year. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So that's exciting. So, but, but typically in the past, I do find like my brain has to work in compartments. Like I can't, I'm not someone who's like constantly jotting down song ideas and always writing. So I, I definitely am like in promotional or tour mode and then writing mode. All, those kind of all are different periods of time for me. Did the new song yesterday feel like a successful song or did it feel like one that you just kind of had to write through to get to where they'll start coming out better? Or is that something for you? Do you only write good songs? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have like, I have such a, I have some songs that just appear and just like feel like they're given to me, which is so nice. And they just come out and other songs that I labor over for a very long time, like sometimes years. Um, yesterday was a co-write and I feel like it's so much easier to finish a song when you're sitting 
um, across from somebody and you have like a time, you know, restraint where we're like, we got to get done by two o'clock and we're like, well, we want to finish the song. So who knows if that means the song isn't as good, (laughs) but (laughs) it was really, um, it was a really enjoyable experience and felt relatively, um, painless, which was really nice. <laughs> That's sweet. That's great. Yeah. Well, congratulations on the first song back. All these congratulations. It's <laughs> a good time. Thanks. Um, so it's, it's so funny talking to new parents just because it puts your life in such a perspective. Oh my God. Sorry. I never do that. My phone just rang for the listeners. <laughs> um, I wonder when you think back on your own beginnings as an artist, do you remember um, always knowing that you were going to be a musician and a songwriter and a performer or a writer? Do you, was there an epiphany moment? Was this something that was always clear to you? Were you a late bloomer? How did it start for you? Um, I think I always knew I was a, you know, creative type um, growing up. Like I always was singing and and creating stories. And I was into acting and, you know, was always in band or orchestra. I was learning a bunch of music and or instruments and in musical theater, but I, I had no idea what a music career looked like. So I feel like I've been a late bloomer in the sense of like how to make this a, a my profession. Um, and I, so I kind of have always been like, one foot in one foot out, but haven't ever had a plan B. Like literally I've joked for a long time that my plan B was writing children's books. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We'll see what happens. Uh, so, you know, I knew, I just didn't know. I thought it was like, you went on American Idol and tried to be a pop star or nothing. And I, I knew I didn't want that. So I didn't know where I would fit in. So I ended up, you know, I went to college and ended up I transferring to, I went to a jazz conservatory and I just like went in all these roundabout ways of not knowing what, where my lane was and what I was going to do. Um, so in some ways I feel like I've always known that this is what I'm doing, but I, at the same time feel like a late bloomer and like, it's taken me, I only recently feel like I'm understanding what my, my kind of purpose and intent with my musical work is only probably in the last couple of years. It's funny now hearing you explain that it makes sense because listening to your music, one of the things I really like about it is that it doesn't feel like you're trying uh, to be overly commercial in any one direction. Like in fact, Mm -hmm. a lot of the choices that you seem to make are like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, suck up to this genre or this radio format mm-hmm. or anything. Um, but that makes sense because it's almost as if you came to the art first and the business second. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, it's funny to me because it could, I think I have been hard to put in a box because, you know, some rec like my record bright lights and the fame is more like country leaning and I love country music and I've been called a country singer, but there's a lot of choices and harmonically and everything that does not sound country. And I don't have like a country music story in the sense of like where I'm from and I didn't grow up with, I'm not a country music purist by any means. Um, so I, I think it's been hard to, 
to know in the world of genres, like what my, how to label what I, my music is. Um, but I also have steadfastly held that the musicians that I love didn't, you know, I don't know how to make the same record every time. <laughs> like I want to, I'm like inspired by different things in different time periods. And, you know, my favorite singer is Linda Ronstadt and she is, she sang everything um, and has records that has like a Hank Williams song and like, um, Elvis Costello. Uh, yeah. Like just all over the place, all in one. And then she's singing classical music and then she's singing, um, I'm like blanking on all of my language right now, uh, That's you know, in baby. Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She has started waking up in the middle of the night again. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, I love, I don't like, um, just, you know, one easy, easy to label type of music or, or artistry. Um, but I understand that sometimes to build a professional career that can be confusing to people. Yeah. And you live in Nashville where they, they get so hung up on the story. Yeah. Yeah. It's and funny. like a specific sound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it gets grosser every year. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it comes up a lot in these conversations, maybe most frequently with musicians, but with, um, you know, um, people who work in other media as well. The idea of authenticity. And I, it's mm -hmm. something that's always been problematic for me, just you know, because I grew up sort of middle class, like nicely, very safe home and all that stuff in uh, in a, in the city of Dallas or whatever. But um, especially in a world where they want like country authenticity. I wonder, has, has that been problematic for you? Does it, do you feel like you have to invent something? This is just um, me, me asking. Yeah, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I've, um, when I, coming to Nashville. So like when I, I lived in New York city before I moved to Nashville and I was wearing like my uniform was like a dress and cowboy boots. And I would walk around midtown Manhattan. I had an office job and I would wear that to work. Um, but moving in Nashville, like I wore that because it was comfortable. Like I didn't grow up, you know, where that was like actually what I needed to be wearing because I was working, whatever. And moving to Nashville, you know, I have friends who, the kind of stereotypical country upbringing is their life through and through. And like, you know, especially like the Kentucky crew, like, and that's a life that's so foreign to me. My dad was a submarine captain in the Navy. We moved all over the world and I, you know, and I lived in New York city for 10 years and I, I feel like a city person in a lot of ways. And I would have this discussion, but I grew up also loving country music. And I would have this discussion with people about like, oh, you know, the criticism of like, that's not country or that's not real country. And I'm like, well, who's a, who's to say who's allowed to sing or emulate what? Like, am I not allowed to play country music? And I also shouldn't be allowed to sing jazz music. And I went to school for that. And then what music am I allowed to sing? <laughs> like, Submarine so, music. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So there's this like, to me it's, you can't control what people connect to, um, and trying to control the narrative and, and police, like what is real based on our perception, I think is a 
is a waste of time. So, yeah. So I've, I've felt that like pressure of like, oh, am I not country enough? And I'm, I'm like, well, no, I'm not, Yeah. <laughs> but I love to sing country sounding music. So, you know, you see, you seem during the course of this conversation, like you've got it really put together and like you've a very calm and level and all this stuff. But, but I know that having a new record can be a bit of a roller coaster emotionally. I know having a, a little kid, a baby can be an emotional roller coaster. Um, and I know that artistic type people tend to pretty much everyone that I've ever spoken to. And I've done a lot of these podcasts and lived a life in the arts. A lot of um, artistic people, almost all, deal with some sort of demons, internally generated obstacles, problems that we create for ourselves, stories that we tell ourselves that negatively impact specifically our ability to create or or, mm-hmm. or live. And I wonder for you, uh, when you have run up against those in your life, what have you figured out um, in terms of strategies to get through those periods, those bad times? Mm-hmm. Oh, such a good question. Um. let's see, how do I answer that? I definitely have those demons and have, um, have had times where they've kind of taken over way more than where it's kind of taken over my life in in a lot of ways and, and led to destructive and hurtful behavior. Um, and a lot of emotional stress that I think we just inflict upon ourselves unnecessarily of like our expectations of what our, you know, quote unquote success should be and what it's supposed to look like. And, you know, it's more annoying than ever now because we have all these like metrics that are public that people can, we can judge ourselves and we can think people are judging us for like our Spotify numbers, our Instagram numbers. And really a lot of those metrics are hard to even be, you know, real, like not, it's very easy to fabricate them. Um, so I've had especially destructive times and a lot of times where I've felt very anxious and just unhappy because of what I've let that stuff do to me. Um, and I've done a lot of self work to want to get to a place because I want to happy, have a life in the arts for my whole life. And it, it more, it ruins my relationship with music. Um, when I let that get the best of me. Um, so for me, I've done a lot of therapy. (laughs) I'm a big advocate of therapy. Um, I believe in a lot of mindfulness work. I love Tara Brock is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. She's a um, psychiatrist, but a Western Buddhism teacher. Um, and that stuff is very, has been very helpful for me. Um, I currently feel in a, in a place that I've never been before because of becoming a mother. Um, and also I've had a really traumatic time around my pregnancy. My, my mom, my own mom had a stroke when I was five months pregnant. So, and she was in a coma for almost a month and in the hospital for three months. Oh, Michaela. Um, Yeah. So that I spent my whole second half of my pregnancy living in Michigan away from my husband. Um, And because of COVID, like 
my dad and I, my brother would, was only allowed one person at a time at the hospital. So we would, you know, trade staying at the hospital with her and then coming home and weren't seeing people because of COVID. So it was a very isolating, just traumatic, awful time. But at the same time, the, like the laser focus that I had on caring for and advocating for my mom, um, that leading directly into becoming a mom, my entire life for the last year plus is no longer centered around me and my desires and my, you know, I just don't have the time to be as narcissistic as I was before. (laughs) Um, And I think that's been really helpful. I've just like had, you know, becoming a parent is so massive, but then the experience with my mom has just shifted so much of my perspective that I'll have my habitual like struggles that come up with, especially around promoting a record and getting back into that. And, and I, and I like very quickly where I used to like go down a rabbit hole and feed that kind of negativity. And now I'm like, I feel it. And I'm like, Oh, that's too tiring. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> like, and I let go of it and I don't have the time to sit and think about myself as much um, because I have a baby to take care of. And my parents are in a, my parents have been incredible caretakers of me like my entire life, even as an adult and our roles just drastically reverse. So now any spare moment I have, I'm FaceTiming my parents and planning trips and flying back to Michigan as often as possible to help them. And so this is a long winded answer, but I, I, you know, I, I think a lot because I remember the times that I was really self-involved and that's when I would be probably suffering mentally the most. And my mom is a really, she's like a sage. She's just an incredible woman. And she used to say to me all the time, like, you know, studies have proven that happiness and joy and contentment doesn't come from, from just hedonism and like self satisfaction. Like it shows that like helping others, looking for like looking, you know, being with others, serving others really fills, fills your cup in a way that just like seeking for yourself doesn't. And I remember, you know, at the time I was like, Ugh, mom. <laughs> but I think, you know, as, as sad and hard and as much as I sometimes really miss my old life, there is this, different fulfillment of when you have a purpose of caring for other people and thinking about other people, um, in a more massive way than my days being filled with, um, what kind of song do I want to write and how can I strengthen my career and grow my career? And, you know, I just don't have that luxury right now which I'm kind of glad about. (laughs) Did did you um, make a record in the midst of all that as well? That's when you were making this record. So I started the record. um, Basically, I was pregnant when I made the record Mm -hmm. and we finished recording the record and it was in, it was starting to be mixed when my mom had the stroke. Mm -hmm. So I was like listening to mixes um, 
while I was, all this was happening. And like a lot of the business stuff was slowly coming together. Um, but I wasn't actively recording. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's a, that's an incredible story. And it sounds like is your mom doing okay. I don't, she is. So she's, she's doing like miraculously so much better. Um, but still, but she's still not able to live independently. My dad takes care of her. Um, and my mom had her stroke happened a week after she turned 63 and she is, she's young. She is fit. She's beautiful. She's very active. And this just, you know, in a, in a moment's time, it changed everything. Um, so she's working their whole life right now is devoted to her recovery. Um, so she works really hard in therapy and she can, um, miraculously, she's pretty great cognitively. She doesn't have like much cognitive impairment. Um, she's recovered most of that and she can walk with a cane and she's still working on regaining her right arm. So life is very different, but it's so much better than it was. Yeah. It was awful for a long time. Well, I appreciate you sharing that story. I think we're, according to my producer, Kirsten, I think this will come out around Mother's Day. So just to hear you talk about making a record on the on the brink of becoming a mom and talking about how much, you know, taking care of your mom, how how much you love her. I just it's really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so um, the the parenthood always adds a level of um practicality to the question to the question that I usually wrap these interviews up with. Um, so I wonder if you could imagine a 21 year old version of Michaela Ann, but we're living in today's world. Um, what advice might you give her? Ooh. I would say. Mm, like put blinders on. <laughs> I feel like especially there's just so much pulling all of us all the time. And it's again, my kind of lifelong journey because I was a, a military kid. Um, I was moving all the time. So I was always trying to fit in. That was my, my goal. And it's taken me a long time to get to a place of being like, what you got to like the people around you are going to change who's, who's hot or not is going to change. Who's, you know, who's doing well, like hot, hot, meaning like, you know, buzzing, whatever. Sure. Um, so like just spend some time with yourself and learn what you like and what you want and stop looking at everybody else to tell you who you are and to make you feel validated. And I think especially in a, in a career in the arts um that's like the the main goal is to be happy with what you're doing regardless of who's telling you if it's good or not and how it's being received i love that it's it's a sentiment that comes up a lot in different ways right that um the old comparison is the death of joy yeah. A rising tide lifts all boats and the, the poisonous nature of envy and all these things that are that are harder and harder to avoid given the algorithms or whatever. But oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that's yeah. very sweet. Well, I appreciate you taking a break from your daughter and your day. And I hope you write many, many more songs in the coming days. And I'm excited about the kids book. Thank you. Yeah. And the new record. It's, it's really beautiful and people are going to love it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Michaela. And take care. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Wheels Off. Please be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us appear higher in the search results and lets other folks know that it's a cool podcast to listen to. Also, as the kids say, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere else that you listen to shows like this so that you never miss an episode. This has been Wheels Off, and I'm Rhett Miller, encouraging you to create every day. Thanks, y'all. Hello out there. Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!